the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Mm-mm-mm. All right. So we do have to get back to some serious topics tonight. We're going to shift gears away from the raid on Trump and the deep state and all those topics, because we know that while that's going on, that um, it's just another opportunity for people to ignore the economic t- conditions that we face as we're going into the midterms. They don't want you to be looking at the inflation and the increasing homelessness issues. But we've got we got to talk about all the different problems that we face and then look towards solutions and so I don't have to tell you guys here in San Diego County, if you're listening around the country, you probably know what's going on here in San Diego and California as well. I'm sure you've seen the videos of the homelessness crisis that we have going on here. Uh, Deacon Jim Vargas from Father Joe's Villages recently did a study and published a report about the San Diego homeless crisis. And it was published in a local paper, the UT, three weeks ago. And he's here to discuss what he found in his study and what the solutions are. Uh, Deacon Jim Vargas, welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Thank you, Andrea. It's a pleasure to be with you. Okay, so um, everybody knows we've got a crisis Everybody knows we need to find a solution, but, you know, it seems as though nobody can figure out what it is. Tell everybody about the study that you did and what your findings were. Well, its focus is on in San San Diego, but I have to tell you, across the United States, there's been an increase in homelessness. 580,000 at this point who are homeless, half of whom are unsheltered. And then here, if you translate it into the state of California, we have about 30 percent of that population Mm. 70% of of whom are unsheltered. Then you migrate down to San Diego, and we have the seventh largest homeless population in the United States. In fact, we've increased year over year. We've increased by 10%. So we had somewhat over 7,600. We now are over 8,400 individuals, half of whom are unsheltered here in, in San Diego. Wow. Um, I think the article, the title to the article was to end homelessness, policies must align with the realities. What are the realities? Because in, in, in regards to like last hour when I was talking about other issues, I said you, you can't solve a problem if you can't accurately define what the problem is. What's the realities? What is causing this this problem? We know inflation is, is skyrocketing. It's the worst it's been in 40 years. We know the average price of a one-bedroom apartment is three grand in San Diego, and hardly anybody can afford to live here. We know that uh, drug use and overdose have doubled year over year over year, particularly during COVID the last couple of years. I mean, is that what What's driving this? What's the realities as to what the cause is on the ground? You're absolutely right. It has to be defined in order to be able to tackle it, right? And and the number one reason in San Diego that people are falling into homelessness are the economics. It's extremely expensive to live here. You just mentioned uh, average problem three thousand, three thousand dollars a month. And by the way, the rental vacancy rate is about three and a half percent, which means that there are very few units, and those that are available are very expensive. So it hits people in the low economic strata the, the, the most. And, and then you have your overlay on that, the fact that inflation is above 8% here in, in San Diego, in the county of San Diego. And so it leads to homelessness. That's the number one reason why people are falling into homelessness. People think that it is 
uh, things like uh, substance use disorder and mental health use issues, and they certainly exacerbate the situation. But people are falling into homelessness here in San Diego because of the economics. Um, we've been told across the country that the number one driver of this is that it's mental illness, and you you disagree with that. And, and I and I've got to push back a little bit, Dean Vargas, because when uh, Deacon Vargas, because when I'm looking around, like up here in the La Jolla UTC area where the trolley is, and I look at the homeless population moving around here, they look like they're mentally ill. They also look like they're on drugs. We know the San Diego city is decided that the uh, the drug problem is so bad they want to set up vending machines with Narcan. Um, so that people can treat themselves for overdoses, but yet you still say it's it's not a mental health problem. Oh, I didn't say it's not a mental health problem. Okay. I just mentioned that the primary reason okay. that people fall is because of home, uh, of the economic. The economic. Absolutely, Andrea. Uh, absolutely, the substance use disorder is, is, is just wreaking havoc on the homeless population. The opioid crisis, oh. uh, coupled with fentanyl, and and you mentioned Narcan, right? We have our officers, our security officers, on a daily basis administered Narcan in many instances to bring people back uh, from their from their overdoses only to potentially lose those same individuals maybe a week later if they're not as lucky so most definitely there is a substance use disorder Uh, this the substance use disorder is exacerbates uh, the situation and and there are individuals who can't because of mental health issues especially can't help themselves we see that they're they're mired and plagued with this homelessness and they 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 really cannot help themselves one of the one of the points that we make within this study is that conservatorships have to seriously be considered as part of the equation here and it's not meant across the board for everyone who's out there on the streets obviously because our civil liberties are sacrosanct and we have to remember that and respect that but there are individuals out there who cannot help themselves who cannot make decisions and it is i believe immoral to Mm -hmm. leave them on the streets or just just dying literally because uh, they die on on the streets and so that's an aspect that really needs to be explored more uh, here in the state of California. You've heard about the care court um, yeah. and uh, that, and, and that's, that's a piece of it, right? That's just a, a form of conservatorships in a sense. And so these are, these are parts and parcels of the whole. We at, at Father Joe's villages, we institute a street health. This was a number of years ago, just pre COVID. And it's been, and we've grown that, that, um, that program to include now psychiatric clinicians who go out onto the streets meeting people where they are. About 30% of those who are on the streets will not access health care in a traditional way in brick and mortar. So you have to go out to them in order to, be, to really be effective, in order to be able to build relationships, uh, medication-assisted treatment uh, to, to, to help them to wean themselves off of the opioids. Right? We've used medication-assisted treatment at our health clinic uh, very successfully. As a result, people have been able to get off substances. And once they're off substances, then you can help them with, with everything else, with employment, with uh, housing and the like. So there are many aspects to, to uh, what we believe are the issues out there on the streets and what has to, uh, how it has to be addressed, not only by Father Joe's Villages, of course, we're the big player here in town, right. but of course by the community as a whole and, and the politicians and, and others. Right. We're talking to uh, uh, Deacon Jim Vargas from Father Joe's Villages. I want to I back up just a little bit to, to the CARE Act and, and the conservatorships and the courts. I mean, there's been many people are saying that the rise of homelessness began around the country when we got rid of 
to use a bad expression, insane asylums when nobody, when families couldn't go to courts anymore and get somebody committed. And, you know, it, it, we actually even had a debate here on the show about whether or not it, do, should Americans have the right to live on the streets. Um, and, and, and we actually opened it up to the phones and we actually had a little bit of a debate here. And I feel as though um, I, I actually support the notion that people should be able to go to courts and present to a judge and say, here's the situation. This person is not able to care for themselves. And when people aren't able to care for themselves and they're out on the streets, um, for example, we had a hepatitis outbreak because through the homeless population, it can become it can become a public health as well as a security issue for people to be living on the streets. And I absolutely think that that's something we should, should explore. And I understand that it can get abused, but we've got to be thinking about solutions, uh, Deacon Vargas, to solve this problem. Um, you know, um, I, you know, housing though, when it comes to housing, I I like the idea of you're talking about them getting cleaned up and getting off the drugs first, because I think we saw during COVID that spending $40 million and housing all the homeless in the convention center didn't work ultimately because they ended up being back out on the street, right? You can't just put them, you can't just put them in a center and then, you know, not solve the underlying reason for why they were homeless in the first place. Yes. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, com- their comprehensive services is what makes a difference. I mean, we have 95% of those who we place into housing, into permanent housing, retain their housing long term. Okay. And the reason they're able to do that is that we just don't place them within four walls and walk away. That's a recipe for disaster. That's a recipe for people falling back onto the streets. It's the comprehensive services that you that you continue, whether it's on the substance use disorder side or, or it's on the mental health side or, or whatever it is, in order to help them to retain their 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 homes shelters i mean there's a place for shelters for sure i mean we have to get people off the streets in the immediacy especially in a place like san diego where we know there isn't enough affordable housing right. so you have to get them off the streets in the immediacy and start working with them but at the end of the day a shelter is not a home we know that people will fall back onto the streets so that's why more affordable housing has to be built i, I know i think you know that earlier this year we cut the ribbon on a 407 home building. It's a 14-story building. It's the largest of its kind in San Diego County. It's taken over 500 people off the streets. We have designated units for veterans, as an example, who have been homeless. Oh, uh, we have, for, for those who are disabled in some fashion, also there's 270 of those uh, homes are for, for those who are, have some level, some level of disability and, and, and families and so forth. Uh, so it's really a cross-section of the population. We need more of that. And, and there are so many regulations and so much permitting that's involved yeah. in this whole process that it took us five years from conception to ribbon cutting wow. in, in, to be able to, and that's, that's just not acceptable. I mean, that's something that we, we obviously have to address as a community and, and as far as the politicians are, are concerned as well. So there, there are many facets to homelessness. People are complex, and we know that a one-size-fits-all does not does not work because they're in different different parts of their journey. They have different experiences. Some are victims of domestic violence, right. as an example. And and you know people who would have never thought would have fallen into homelessness, but then the economics set in, and right. and there's it, it is unbelievable the the percentage of people in San Diego County that are just 
two paychecks away right. from falling onto the streets because it's so expensive here. So something happens, their health changes for some reason, or or they um, you know they lose their jobs for and and they and they fall on onto the streets. So that's where the paper, so the the, the the report, the white paper that we issued, basically focuses on that. Focuses on 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 housing and and on healthcare and substance use disorder. You know, you you mentioned Hep A, and you remember those tents that were out there, especially yes. downtown, those pop-up tents. When Hep A hits, hit, those tents were rounded up. Why? Because the, we didn't want the spread of the disease. It's a communicable disease, and we didn't want it to spread. At the end of the day, it hospitalized over 600, killed 200, uh, 20, excuse me, half of whom were from the homeless population. So, so they were rounded up. Now, during COVID, the direct opposite happened. And so there's been a proliferation of these tents in various places. And so one of the one of the topics that we cover in this paper is basically having the concept of safe villages, where instead of having all these these tents just out there in various places and underpasses and so forth, is that we designate, uh, let's say, parking lots as an example, where we're able to take these individuals and and put them within these areas and then provide the or provide sanitary conditions as an example provide some level of security because these individuals are being accosted out there on the street especially the women and start working with them to help them out of their homelessness and the reason we recommend that andrea is because some people do not want to go into congregate shelters maybe they've they've had they've been traumatized in one way or another and they can't be in that type of a setting but people don't want to be on the street. People right. want to get some help. So, so, and, and how do we learn this? By going out onto the street, doing outreach right. and asking people, you know, what is it that you need? So that's why we're recommending safe villages where you bring them in, right? It's not a congregate setting, right? And, and you, and so you have this safe village type of situation. That's not, it's not that that's the answer to the problem. It's just that it moves the needle forward. We well, cannot right. continue. Yeah, I absolutely support that idea because what's the solution right now? I mean, there we've we've got what's they're being characterized as hobo jungles and and um and they're and they're a problem. Uh, you know, they're they're a problem for a variety of different reasons. From a public health standpoint, from a safety standpoint, we've got a crime wave across the state right now for a variety of different issues, and they're just magnets for that, targets for that. Uh, you know, it's it's causing problems for for land, uh, you know, for property owners, etc. And so, you know, if, if these if these are going to exist you know we've, we've got to deal with the problem ignoring it isn't making it go away and one of the things That's that right. i believe in and why i wanted to have you on the show tonight is that i believe in uh, faith-based organizations being the best uh, the best to provide solutions i saw that after katrina where there was not a neighborhood that wasn't destroyed by that hurricane that i did not have family and friends who lost everything and it was the faith faith-based organizations that cleaned up after katrina and provided the solutions uh, to get the to get the people People back on their feet. I saw it firsthand. So um, that's, you know, I, and I've always been a fan of Father Joe's Villages, and I appreciate what you guys do. Tell everybody how they can help support uh, your efforts here. Well, one way of doing it is, is just to, to advocate for, like we advocate for, for solutions. Uh, please visit neighbor.org where you can find this paper. It's an 18-page um, white paper. It's very informative. So you can uh, you can raise your awareness, number one. So you can be amb- ambassadors and you can advocate for us. Of course, we, we're able to provide the services that we provide because of the generosity of your listeners, right? So obviously donations are, are extremely important. You know, we have thrift stores. 
And we have trucks that go out at uh, preset appointments every single day in order to pick up household goods uh, from individuals who are generous to us. And we take those, we sell them at our, at our thrift stores, or we auction items at our warehouses, and all the proceeds go for, for the services, whether it's a car or a boat that's donated, whatever it, it may be. Of course, we have volunteers. We, people call, call us. They love to volunteer at, at Father Dill's Villages, either serving a meal or, or doing a host of other things as well. So there are many ways in which to get in, involved, and, and I would encourage your listeners really to reach out to us at neighbor.org and just learn more about, about Father Dill's Villages. Well, thank you so much for being here, and God bless you and all the work that you do, Deacon Jim. We appreciate you. Thank Thank you. you. God bless you. Thank Thank you. you. God bless you, too. And you guys stick around. We're going to continue the conversation. 888-344-1170. This is the Andrea K. Show on AIM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Going to quickly go to the phones. Mark from Point Loma is on the line. He wants to talk about little Kevin Faulkner. Hey, Mark. Hey, how you doing? First of all, great radio show. Thank you. You guys are knocking it out of the park. And uh, I'm born and raised right here in San Diego. Went to San Diego State University, studied journalism. Worked in New York for 23 years, survived 9-11, moved to Colorado for 10 years, and came back here 12 years ago. Wow. I'm sure you're aware of the debacle that Kevin Faulkner caused when he used the San Diego taxpayer money to buy those buildings that, first of all, were not suitable for housing anybody. Are you aware of that? Um, are you talking about the Ash Street building? Or are you talking about he's... It was the Ash yeah. Street and the one, and the hotel down in Mission Valley. Yeah. That, that his top donor owned those buildings. And he got the money, and nothing has ever been done with that. Yeah. The um, media has avoided it. The media yeah. has avoided it. Of course, our communist newspapers avoided it. And Kevin Faulkner is a coward. He's never returned a single email that I've sent him. He won't face me in public. Well, let me and ask you this. He, let me, yes. Well, let me ask you this. Um, you know, uh, we were we were just talking to Deacon Jim Vargas about homeless, and you know, there's so many issues with Kevin Faulkner, um, like the 40 million. Well, this the, whole city's right. had an issue with the homeless for decades right. since I was a little kid. Right. Nobody's ever done anything about it. It's all talk and no walk. Right. So, right. So when you were talking about the buildings at first, I thought you were you were picking up on the conversation about the 40 million dollars he wasted shutting down the convention center when we couldn't have any business in San Diego. But you know, but nobody no, could that's go to another debacle. Yeah, nobody could go to nobody could go to the convention it's, center and have a convention in a business because of COVID, but they it, could house. It's not a debacle; right. it's a crime. It was a crime. And he did it on purpose, right? And then, um, and then He's a he, rhino, right? And then he also is the same guy who stood with a bullhorn telling people they couldn't sit on the beach. I don't know all yeah. the details in terms of all the money involved. But yet he considers himself right. a big time surfer out here in Point Loma. Right. But doesn't have the guts to face me right. anytime. I well, put the message out to him. Okay. Listen, I know people Okay, who hang know on him. just a second, Mark. Hang on just a second. Right. We gotta get into some details in terms of, you know, you know, instead you know, um what about those buildings and why are you involved? Because you know, I need to know more about instead of it just being about you're calling out Kevin Faulkner personally, I'm why are you emailing Kevin? Okay. Okay. Well, help me to understand why have you been emailing Kevin Kevin Faulkner? What are you trying to accomplish? Well, here? I was emailing him when it happened. Okay. 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 
with, okay. with no return from anybody. I called his office, no return from any other staff. In fact, his staff threatened me. Okay, well, he's not in office anymore. So oh, I know let, he's not, right. but he was never held accountable for no, that. No, he wasn't. Well, you he know, I tell you how... Listen, if I misappropriated money like that, I'd be in jail right now. Well, we've got two sets of laws going on in this country. Laws for the peasants and laws for the elites and laws for, for you know, MAGA, against MAGA. And, you know, um, you know, this is what we see playing out all across the country. And, you know, the, Kevin Faulkner has, has faced the, re, the fallout and the accountability from the fact that he will never be governor of the state of California. Everything that he did when he was in office as mayor was an attempt to set himself up to be governor. And that's never going to happen. He's never going to be held accountable for any decisions he made as mayor. But at least I think we can know that going forward he will not be he will not be governor. And I and I'm somebody I don't advocate for party or Paul. I advocate for ideas and I advocate for this country and for conservatism. So the fact that he had an R after his name meant nothing to me. And I am probably the the biggest vocal critic against Kevin Faulkner um, in, in San Diego. Um, but I appreciate your calling in. Is there anything you wanted to Thank weigh you. in on the big story of the day uh, that's going on nationally in terms of this raid against Donald J. Trump? Well, I'm not surprised. Okay. And I hope some people, especially there's a lot of people out here in California that are still in a hypnotic trance and don't want to face the facts that, first of all, Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party did pay for Russian disinformation. Yep. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they did. The <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, with Christopher Steele, right. and then you know nobody's held accountable there. But you know, so many people who watch TV still believe that, and it's amazing they don't understand what really happened. Right. So the, um, we have the, to pray. And what I love about you is you're talking about God and pray, and and you know God bless people and pray. We have got to pray. Good point. This is the time to pray. This is time to stand together, and it's time to be nice. But it's also time to hold your ground and speak up. You're so and, right, and, uh, Mark. In a You're, positive, yeah. you know, uh, friendly way, but but firm. Well, Mark, I okay. thank you for calling thank in, and I hope you'll you'll make it a regular thing. I'm a new fan of your show. I'm going to be listening. I this is probably the fourth night I've listened, and uh, I, I appreciate what you're doing, and I'm glad you have a platform to do it on because. I, I got to tell you, I'm really disappointed in what happened to radio here in San Diego and all the other stations. It's disgusting. Well, thank you, Mark. I so, appreciate it. Thank you. Don't be a stranger. Have a great show. You too. Thank, thank you for calling right. in. Um, going to go to another caller. Don is on the line. I'm hoping that's my buddy Don Jantz. He hasn't called in in a long time. Is that you, my dear friend? That is me, Andrea. Okay. Good to hear you. Okay. So g- glad to have you on the show tonight. Um, Andy Biggs was on, Congressman Biggs was on uh, last hour. He tweeted out, the only thing missing from the unprecedented FBI raid at President Trump's home is Muammar Gaddafi's sunglasses and cap. Um, is, is is this, you're an expert in, in Marxism and communism, is what's going on, is it closest to Stalin, Mao's revolution? Is it, is it, is it totalitarianism, fascism, communism? What are the isms, is it? What's going on here? Yes. All of them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, all of them. Um, what, we, what we have is we have in our country today pure democracy. Pure democracy? And pure democracy. Democracy, if we, if we remember, Andrea, our founders explicitly said we are going to found a constitutional republic. 
They, they discuss democracy. They refuse democracy. 55, 55 delegates to the Constitutional Republic said, we do not want democracy. Why? The difference between constitutional republic and democracy is that in a constitutional republic, you have a stated law that happens to be the Constitution of the United States of America. That is our king. That is our czar. That is our emperor. That is our supreme law of the land. We as a a majority cannot violate that. When that supreme law of the land says only state legislatures can make the law for voting in their independent states, a judge, the Supreme Court can't overrule that. Nobody can overrule that because the law of the land said that is it. When the law of the land says you cannot abridge speech, that's it. The Supreme Court was wrong when they said you cannot scream fire in a in a crowded theater. You can. Now, there are consequences for it, right. and you'll have to pay the consequences, but you have the right to do that according to the Constitution. So what you're that saying is, is, is that little by little, chip chip by chip, we've gone from a constitutional republic to, you know, a, 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 you know democracy. to a democracy, and it's whatever, and, that's, and they're continuing to push more and more and more. That's what the cultural Marxist movement's about, um, you know, that, you know, um, you know, um, and that's right. one of the reasons why the left is so hysterical about the overturning of Roe v. Wade, because it put it back at the states. But I don't have time to get too much in, 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 into deep okay. here. Um, I, I want to play this. One, one quick thing, Andrew, okay. if I may. Okay. Democracy is where the majority, whatever the majority is, the majority can be whatever, whatever has been defined. They can, they can establish any law they want. Mm-hmm. They can remove any liberty they wish. Yes. There is no restrictions on their power other than what they do. And we saw that yesterday. Yes. And by the way, and that and and um, and if they don't really have a a true majority, uh, they'll manufacture it at the ballot box, which is one of the things I want to play this clip from Steve Bannon. He's one of the few people that's being willing to actually call out the FBI. One of the one of the big voices, uh, you know, we've only got two congressmen, Biggs being one of them. Uh, so we don't really have Congress speaking out as forcefully as they should. I want to play this clip from Steve Bannon for you and everybody, because this is the language that we need to be using. Um, we're going to pull up this clip in a moment. Um, this is, I, I, as somebody that, you know, uh, I've been studying this, not maybe not as long as you have. I was saying earlier in the show that I, I expected this. I expect, I said two weeks ago, I, I, I expect Trump to be indicted. Um, I've been watching the growing tyranny to see what happened yesterday. Still put a chill down my spine to actually see it play out. The FBI today is the is the police force of the Democrat Party. And every 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 country where there has been communism, fascism, I don't care, use whatever ism you want. The the that government, that tyrant has had their police force. Today, it's the FBI. We call it the Federal Bureau of Investigation, but we could call it the Democrat enforcement arm. Well, it's the Stasi. That's what they are. Absolutely. And and, Absolutely. and where I disagree with him and disagree with others is saying that, you know, the Republicans need to get the power back. They need to start rolling back, uh, you know, the, the size of government. No, I think that um, I, I'm actually leaning towards the national divorce. 
as a solution. Mm-hmm. I think our federal government's completely un, 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 um, at this point. I don't think it's fixable because the deep state is too deep and too wide. And I and and really the only way to fix it would be completely dismantling the FBI. There's absolutely no reason for that for that uh, organization to exist. We don't need 17 intelligence communities. I would dismantle the CIA. What are they doing, Don Jans? Every one of these mass shooters was known by the FBI. The Sarnaya brothers, Major Nadal Hassan, the Pulse nightclub shooter, the woman who came in on the fiancé visa and shot up a Christmas party, every one of them known to the FBI. The FBI and our intelligence communities are doing nothing to stop mass terrorism and mass shooting. No, they're going around uh, hauling in Americans and throwing them in the gulag. What do we need these institutions for? They need to be completely dismantled along with the CDC, the NIH, the NIAID, the Department of Education, and quite frankly, I'm looking at the Department of Defense and thinking they need an enema too. Am I wrong? Yes. No, you're not. And the Department of Education yeah. has to go also. One of the differences between a real quick, Don, I, and a democracy. Real quick, because i got to go to break. Big government versus limited government. Right. Well, Don Jans, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. I love Good. Don so Thank much, you. I went way hard against the break. We'll be right back, though. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. I am the high stepper. Great song, Idy Kamosi. He's a one-hit wonder. But what a what a wonder it was. Okay. Um so let's talk a little bit about the DOD. Let's talk a little bit about the military because I've been saying for years as I've been anticipating this growing tyranny that there was a time in which we trusted we understood that our Second Amendment rights was about protect uh, uh, our being able to defend ourselves against an overreaching government. And there was a time in this country that where we always thought that our military would be there to protect the Americans against an overreaching government. I'm not sure I've, I'm not sure that's the case anymore. The purge of the pro-America, pro-Constitution leadership in the military began under the Obama administration. One of the things, and we know 87,000 new IRS agents are, are, are being hired to come for us. They will be armed. We've got the, the Stasi in the form of the FBI. So I tweeted out the other day, now you know why they want their, your guns so badly. Um. To which somebody replied to me, these Cheeto Jesus insurrectionist uneducated savages, go try. Our great armed forces are waiting. We need to get these ISIS wannabes out of our great country. So those of us who who, um, want to preserve the United States of America, who see that this was an act of war against America with what happened there. Quite frankly, we've been at war for a while. I think this just became obvious. Um, those of us who understand that there may come a time in which we might have to fend off a tyrannical government have, and, we, and, and are speaking out that we have the right to exercise our Second Amendment, they're saying, hey, uh, you know, our army is going to come for you. Which way do you think the, the military is going to go? Do you think they're going to go following the skirts, as somebody said to me today, or do you think they're going to protect you as an American? I think we all need to be prepared to defend ourselves. 888-344-1170. Tell me what you think. Um, I think when we are at a point in which the military is purging thousands and thousands, I mean, I I think the latest number was there was something like 40,000 Americans that military that were going to be purged if they didn't get the shot. That was a purity test. Are you willing to submit? Are you willing to submit to the tyranny of the left? Get the shot. If not, be gone at a time in which they know that we can't defend ourselves against China. Mark Milley the other day, General Milley 
actually has said in a book that he has admitted that he told people that he was going to, that instead of resigning, that he was going to, he was going to literally work to undermine the commander in chief during his presidency. Quite frankly, if we were still America and if our Department of Defense was operating like the Department of Defense, he would have already been court-martialed under the UCMJ, the Uniform Code of Military Justice. So I don't have any confidence in our DOD, not, not in, in, in terms of being willing to protect us as American citizens. I don't even have enough confidence in them right now. They can't even get up, stop planes from falling off the edges of, of aircraft carriers. That's where we're at right now. And I am not, as I said in last hour's show, I'm not going to cower. I'm not going to cave. You're not going to scare me in any way, shape, or form. One other point that I want to make. Um, and by the way, there's midterms happening tonight uh, in, I, I believe it's in Minnesota. So it'll be interesting to see. One of the reasons why the timing of this raid uh, happened now is because they saw the, they saw the effect of Trump and the, the enthusiasm. That all this time later, it was Trump-endorsed candidates that got over the finish line in Arizona. Trump-endorsed candidates. And they had to desperately, not only Trump-endorsed candidates who won, but they won like in Arizona with an overwhelming turnout. Well, we'll see. We'll see if uh, the Trump-endorsed candidates in Wisconsin, and Min- I believe it's Wisconsin and or, or Minnesota and or Wisconsin tonight, whether or not they were able to diminish Trump's power um, with this raid yesterday. Uh, we've got a caller from Carlsbad on the line. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Hey, Andrea, it's Disaffected Mike. How you doing? Hey, Disaffected Mike. Um, what's on your mind tonight, my dear? I think we've got maybe a minute. Yeah, I got a minute. So uh, this is no longer America. Um, it is absolutely abundantly clear that Democrat Party is the enemy of the United States and the American public. And uh, I don't see any other way around it. I don't think elections are going to do it anymore. I don't think um, I don't think midterms are going to do it anymore. Um, honestly, uh, if you're a Democrat, uh, you you have a serious problem. You are a problem. Uh, if you're a Democrat in power, uh, you are a problem. And um, if you're angling, if you're angling for uh, to really make the electorate, the elect, the elect, electorate angry at you because the White House knew, even though they lie, of Nancy course. Pelosi knew, even though she lies, uh, the excuses that they use as a cover for this raid is an absolute lie. Uh, uh, government, the problem is and that nobody talked about this uh, on, on talk radio uh, in general or overall. Uh, government is uh, a fat, bloated, obese pig falling on top of us, all of us, in slow motion. Right. The bureaucracy gets bigger and bigger and bigger. They ask us for more money to fund their nonsense day in and day out. They hire 85,000 IRS agents on a nearly $750 billion uh, uh, Build Back Better light bill. And then with 70,000 of those going to be armed agents to come after uh, people who make uh, businesses who make uh, $200,000 or less, and people in middle class who make less than uh, $400,000 to make up the cost difference uh, for what they believe are people not paid. This is, these are, if they're not Gestapo tactics, to basically scare you and frighten you, to cower you, to silence you. I don't know what, I don't know what it is. This is a direct attack on the American right. public. It and is. we're funding it. And there's no, other way, there's no other way to slice this. These people are your enemy. 
Well, you are I, my enemy. We are now right. at war. I don't know. I don't know any other way to put it. Well, you put it perfectly, and we're going to have to leave it there because we're at the point of a break. So thank you for calling in and giving us that summary disaffected, Mike. We appreciate you. All right, now y'all stay tuned. We got our final segment here. I see national divorce is still trending on Twitter. People have had enough. Stay tuned. This is the Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The answer, San Diego. We're going to wrap up tonight's show by going uh, continuing with phone calls. We've got, I think it's our dear friend Troy from El Cajon on the line. Troy, is that you? It's me. Hey, buddy, what's on your mind tonight? Well, this affected Mike. I think hit a lot. Uh, just exactly what I was thinking, but. You know, you know where I stand. I mean, I've, I've been kind of coming on here preaching that you know secession is going you know, to be just necessary. a second, I Troy. Now you finally is is that a dog in the background? Are you playing with a squeaky toy? What's there's kind of an odd sound. <laughs> what the what the huh? <laughs> no, my car, and I think it's my uh, my uh, hand rest, and I'm pu- pulling it up and down. I think it's squeaky. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> And by the way, we got to keep the show rated G. It was sounding a little like rated maybe PG-13 going on there. Okay, so carry on with what you were saying. (laughs) Okay, well, you know where I stand on secession from the union. It's not the first time. And I think that now, I mean, it went way beyond what I thought it was going to go this quick. And I think that, you know, but I'll also say what I've always said is that if if that happens, it better be God first because otherwise we have no shot anyway. I mean, the school. The schools better have Bibles, uh, Ten Commandments on the on the Capitol, stuff like that. I mean, you know, that's. I think the first thing you have to fight for is the right to worship God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it, the the one of the reasons that the entire cultural Marxist movement had to begin with destroying the Judeo-Christian principle values on which this was founded. They've, right. they've got to get exactly. you to replace God with state. Yeah. And it has been death by yeah, a thousand cuts, inch by inch. And that's ultimately what, and Roe v. Wade was really a home run for them in that, in that arena because they were able to centralize power uh, through this, through the Supreme court and make that per, a, a, a place for them to permanently get their agenda through. And, t- and is there any greater way to remove God from America than through killing the, the preborn children, and so yeah, and so and then, and then you look at you look at the fact how far have we sunk as a nation of God to where we're we're cutting off the 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 body parts of little children in this country under the guise of you know that that five year olds should have the right to decide their gender and that gender is is somehow fluid. Exactly. I mean, it, we're we're literally off the rails and insane as a country, um, yeah. and we better be and figuring that's why I say that- right. Well, I'm just going to say one last thing is that if it, you know, if that does happen, you are going to be looking at a smaller section. This is not going to be like 25 states. Okay. You're looking at like four, five states that are Christians truly moving there to be able to fight for their to worship God, and it's right. not going to be, it's going to be right. the well, revolutionary let, war. Well, over you know what? Again. Well, you know what, Troy, um, if if it ends up to where there's a national divorce and it ends up where conservatives are in four or five states, I think that, you know, living there, I think they could probably visit the other the the, the rest of the states. Um, oh, sure they would. You know, so, you know, and I think that, you know, we, we've got to, we've got to be open to every idea to solve this problem instead of just sitting back and trying to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result, which is the definition of insanity. Love you, Troy. Thanks for calling in. Thank you to all my guests tonight. 
Thank you to the callers. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you, DJ Jalapeno, for stepping in last minute, knocking it out the park with music and keeping the show rolling. Appreciate you so much. We'll be back tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time on Hump Day. Peace out. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.